feeling bad. Like, I heard it when it happened. You know, you're like, I gotta go. There's something going on. And now, <laughs> what, one vet trip later? Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, he's he's gonna be an interesting one. Uh, he's, he said he's uh, not out of your stock, right? Like, he's just one that you picked up? Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine over the hill had a litter, and uh, he actually gave him to my my daughter mm-hmm. and um so we had it and what's funny was i i just i pick we picked him up as a as a backup plan just to add add depth to the roster so to speak and um yeah he's been quite interesting he's definitely tried my patience per se i mean it's more of like me wondering if there's any brain cells in there, but like what's between the ears? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. And I've had, I'm dealing with that too. I've seen pups like that, and it's just that's just how they are, you know. And it's funny because you don't know if they're going to mature out of it or if they're really just dirt her. I mean, like I'm dealing with it right now too. I got a couple that, like, I mean, we made the cross because it was going to be gangbusters and. But by God, I gotta live with them long enough to get them to the woods, and they're a little rattle-headed. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's just different, you know. I know, I, but I, I've, like I've, you know, I've said before, I've had hounds for quite a while, and that's a that was a first. That was a first. I've never seen, never seen that from a from a large hound trying to climb the chain link and then getting their flank stuck in the chain link and about skinning themselves, literally. That's, I don't even, even to this day, I don't even know how he did it. He's got to be starting to heal back up though, huh? Yeah, he is. It's probably pretty clean, I'm guessing. Yeah, he had, man, I don't know, like 40, 50 staples in him. There's quite a bit. And so, yeah. And I'll admit, I'm not afraid. To, I'm not afraid of it. I I need to get some type of medical kit, just because uh, I think that some of that could have been some of that vet bill could have been avoided. You know, funny story. I know a place that you can get those medical kits. Really? If you want to check out dusupply.com, <laughs> thanks. Now we can cross that off the list right away, man. Thank I totally, you. I totally set you up for that. That was the alley oop for the slam. No, dog. I appreciate it. You'd be amazed at how many alley oops you can serve and people swing and miss. But no, thank you. We've got our plug out in the first three minutes. We're good to go the rest of the podcast now. There we go. Oh no, it sucks. I got lucky. I mean, my wife was a certified vet tech and managed a vet clinic here in town, so. And luckily, our vet bills were pretty low over the years. And still, I mean, to this day, except for supplies, you know, like antibiotics and things like that, that's all yeah. changed over the last couple of years. But no, it is pretty handy, man. I mean, <laughs> joking aside in the in the med kits, like having something like that. I mean, I've tried to carry something with me all the time over the years, like staple gun, some kind of tourniquet. Um you know, antiseptic of some kind and something to hold stuff that should be in there, in there, you know, like a bandages, vet wrap, you know, whatever, but it doesn't take a lot. You know, people think of packing a bunch of stuff, but really, I mean, you can, even those full rolls that we sell, they're not that big. They're like what? Oh, eight inches in diameter. You know, they're like a, 
a sleeping bag when you roll them up, you know, a lot smaller than that, but same idea. It's like a trauma kit where you like roll them out, mm-hmm. but like, shoot, you, you get a regular Ziploc bag and fill it with a, a stapler and a few little things that you need. You know, it's not like it's a lot of extra weight to pack. And I guarantee I've been like regretful. I didn't have it with me more when I forgot it. The last go around, I'll tell you, this was, this was pretty funny. So we're out hunting and I don't know what happened to this dog's ear. Like she must've hung it on a piece of barbed wire or something in the area because she was bleeding like a stuck pig. And the only thing that I had was like one of the kids' uh, pull-ups. You know, luckily we got small kids, so there's always pull-ups or wipes in the truck. And I'm like, crap, I'm just going to wrap this on there. And we, you know, got the bleeding and stopped. But I thought, God, you can't leave that out here in the woods. Like, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to be rolling around in my truck with it like this. But yeah, a a diaper will work in a pinch, guys, if you really need to stop bleeding. Man, ears are the toughest. Holy smokes. Right? God, it seems like it seems like they just never quit. Danny stitched one up one time. I was just training puppies, like sent drags up in the mountains, and I had kept three pups, and I was trying to make my final cut. And we're dragging, you know, this hide around, and they're playing. Well, somebody just nipped an ear as they were grabbing for the hide. Well, they stripped, oh, I don't know, half inch three quarter inch of that main vein that mm-hmm. runs right along the edge. Yeah. And I, I luckily I had cell service and I called my wife, Danny. And I said, this dog, like, I need you to have everything ready when I get home, because I don't, I don't know if we're going to make it home. You know, I mean, that's a main vein and it was pumping, pumping blood. And all I could think of what I had, I mean, I was just in my regular rig. I wasn't even in my hunting truck. It was like nothing. I had a glove and it was the middle of summer. So, I mean, it was just powdered duff dirt. And I I told her, I'm sorry, but all I did was pack that thing full of that powdery dust and pack it around that ear, roll it up. And I said, it's going to be a mess for you to clean up, but it's the only way I could think to get it stopped where, you know, I was alone. Mm. Yeah. So she cussed me the whole time she was cleaning it, but you know, she stitched that vein back together, like closed it off and stitched it. And then tucked it back in and stitched the ear around it. I was blown away. Wow. Pretty handy. Because, yeah, them ears are nasty when they get going. Yeah, they're horrible. Yeah. Yeah. On to bigger and better stuff, though. I just, I felt bad, man. Like, our conversation last time got cut short and you told me what happened. And I was, I was feeling bad for you, man. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, you got, when you have hounds, it. You kind of expect stuff like that to happen, and yeah, you know, I was more upset about him not really being all that, you know, really thinking about it per se. I mean, in relative terms, right? It is, it is a dog, it is a hound, but sometimes they do things, and I'm sure a lot of the the listeners could agree. You just sit there and you stare at what happened. And you're kind of like, what how? Are you thinking like how, <laughs> how did you do this? Like, I want to know how. I'm more more curious as to how than anything right. else. You know, it's just like, that's this doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Yeah. But, how old is he? Uh, oof, seven, eight, uh, eight months now. Is he, like, making the program, you think? Or 
Is he we'll find, on the fence? They, he's he's on the fence right now, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, You're he's, just getting up and going for the winter, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Later than I wanted. Um, I've had had some big game hunts that I wanted to finish out, and then you know I'm kind of getting a slow start, but that's okay. Um, not a big deal. It's not really yeah. how you start; it's how you finish. You know. Right. But, yeah. Well, that's yeah. kind of what we were getting on. I know he's not like part of your program per se, and you said you were trying to add some <laughs> depth to the roster. Is that what you said? That was great. Yeah, yeah. I kind of. Oh, I, I view, I view, I view my dogs or at least my hounds as as a team and what I can add and what I'm missing to the roster and and go out and see what we can do. It's just, that's just, I mean, I've been in, in sports all, pretty much all my life. And so, I mean, I still play, I still play currently, but, um, so my, my head's always in the game and I, you, it's even funny, even analyzing it day by day, I'm just kind of, I take mental notes and then I'll come home and write notes down on who did what, what they did. Um, and kind of like from a coach's perspective of, okay, what did I do to put them in the situation? Did I set them up for success or did I set them up for failure? Or I just take little notes. And if there's trends going on, good or bad, I'd note those down and, and kind of go from there, you know. But that's just how I see it. That's just my perspective. And I know um, it's not common thought, but it's a perspective nonetheless, you know. Oh, I think it's more common than – I mean, you would think like a lot. It is a team, you know, unless I, I think the Easter Eastern side of the States, like, obviously that's a way different dynamic. You know, they're looking yeah. at like, it's more like a, I think of it like cross country running, like you're, you're competing for yourself versus, you know, out here, it's more of a pack mentality and you got to build like, it's like a chess game. Kind of like we're building the pieces and it takes all of them or a combination to do it. Like, yeah, we might get that one in a million, do it all rock star. But mm-hmm. you really got to think about pack dynamics when you're building. Yeah. And it's, it's a process, um, you know, and, and, you know, just speaking, speaking the difference between the two, um, which is probably a great segue for, for our topic today. That was on purpose. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> It's good. If anybody's yeah. listening, I'm getting way better at this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. And you know, the, the thing that, the thing that we just, I mean, cats kind of out of the bag for everybody is, you know, we were going to talk about, um, papers and it's, uh, it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic. Yeah, for yeah, sure. This, this started with me getting a message late one night says, Hey, I listened to your podcast and that was the papers need grade ones with uh, Cody Hilliard. <laughs> he said, that didn't go the way I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I- we're on here for like, not a part. This is not a part two, but <laughs> Stefan and I have talked a bit kind of about this in past conversations too. So I know there's some things that you were wanting to touch on and some, encouragement for people and and also some like red flags like hey keep an eye out for some of these things yeah and you know cody i'll address before i get going here um i want to address what cody said cody had a really good opinion uh, and really kind of a perspective on things 
Um, and and that's something to, to think about, you know. You know, the the, uh, the goal today is just to have a, a general open discussion about about papers and and what they what they mean and per se as far as like what they mean to to us what they mean to other people and stuff like that i mean i think you know from our conversations before i think we could both agree that the general consensus of western hunters and it's not all i'm not saying it's all but the general consensus is you hear the common phrase well you can't hunt papers and uh and i would i would agree with that to a certain extent and and i'll explain that in a minute but um i get it i get it a lot of folks can get hung up on uh those papers and this is uh this is like the end all be all situation to i know what i have is is gold you know what i mean Mm. and you and you potentially could but I think that uh, for the for the the guys and gals out in the east and the Midwest that are that are night hunting, there's a lot of weight that goes into that. Um, sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of thought. Um, even the behind I mean, the I, scenes is crazy. The but yeah, in like it, the pairings and the relationships that are built. I mean, because I I will stand by that. Like people cannot say I'm. A, a paper or not like to me it's completely irrelevant and yeah. i know you and i have talked about this before but having your act together and having documentation whether you handwrite it or it's done through a professional registry whatever like i think people get so hung up on that and it drives me nuts because they'll discredit one you know both both ways mm-hmm. when there's no reason to it, it just shows like i can tell you if i had to start from scratch and i go to a guy that can tell me about grandma and grandpa and how good of dogs they were. Or I can look at some kind of either handwritten pedigree or a, a printed pedigree that goes back seven generations and you're recognizing stuff. Like that's that's the kind of stuff that this guy, you know, their hard work is is putting forward. It's tracking that lineage. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um I think a lot can be said to those type of, of folks. Um and just so folks are aware. I, I'm not going to drop any names. I'm not going to be talking about you know, people in that manner. I'm talking in generalities. You know, there's there's a lot of people, and you know who you are out there that have busted your tail, so to speak, yeah. and and you have you have dogs' names written down on a piece of paper as far as a generation goes. Let me tell you, that there's nothing wrong with that. It's still papers. And I think that I think the mindset and the perspective needs to potentially change a little bit and think of it from that matter because let's you know like I was saying the other day if you, if a guy knows what you're looking for as far as a style of dog or a certain uh, consistency of traits it behooves that breeder or the individual shopping to ask those questions and to look at that and if the breeder is doing things right then you'll know. Okay, so this guy actually is taking it a little more serious than the average person. And there's, I mean, it's, yeah, okay, so it doesn't have like, and I'm not making fun of UKC or AKC, but it's like you don't have the pretty paper with the nice, pretty lettering and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like, and, and again, I'm not making fun of UKC and AKC. 
it's a time and time and place. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not knocking the, the coon hunters. Um, each have that their own. paper is their product, right? I mean, like really right. they're a company and, mm-hmm. and you pay them for a service and you know, it's, you could have the same set of papers with, you know, different registry names on them basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I just kind of like, what Cody was talking about. There's a lot of different styles. There's a lot of different breeds for a reason. Um, and a guy has to, has to come to the conclusion of, well, and, and I feel like sometimes we, we all beat a dead horse and, and tell some of the new guys or somebody who's hasn't quite figured it out yet. Like, well, you just need to know what you want. That's yeah. in my mind, that's no better than, than a teacher or your boss coming up to you and saying, Hey, Jason, do better. Um, right, right on. What, how, what am, what am I doing? I'll right. just do like, better. What do I know what I'm looking for? <laughs> like, just do better. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> that's how that goes down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, it just, I've seen and we, I think we all have, I mean, I, when I first got into dogs, I was kind of into the the night hunts. I mean, I mean, I'm from the West, and I was I really didn't know much. Very naive, you could say. In like, oh yeah, this night hunt stuff seems fun. Comp hunting seems fun. So I've kind of I've left it, and I, I to be honest, I really hard. I never, yeah, I never competed. I I went to some night hunts a couple times just to see how it was and see if it was my jam. But I can, I can see from that perspective, how important it is to be thoughtful about breeding and, and to be thoughtful about papers and stuff like that. Um, what's crazy is the amount of how money has changed per (laughs) se, per se over the years. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kind of keep a pulse on it just to just, see who's who's in it who's winning that kind of thing and um i've always been into um paying attention as as to who's who's the top producing studs and sure well i think it was it, it well it was it i used to subscribe to coonhound bloodlines and i'd go i'd immediately go to the back page excuse me I go to the back your top reproducers. Yeah. And I would just look at, and it, it'd yep. be all of them. It wasn't specific to walkers or anything like that. It just, it just fascinated me. The yeah. top, the top producers and how they kept track of that. And then, um, looking at some of the dams and stuff like that. But, um, I, I know even out here, the, the Western folks kind of keep to ourselves and, and that seems to be like the bread and butter you know, on this side of the country, it seems like, and I know, I know there's quite a few gentlemen, um, that essentially do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They just, they don't really talk about it. You know, it's like small circles, but they, uh, they put quite a bit of effort into it. And I think there's something to be yeah. said about that too. Do you notice, I mean, I, I might, side topic you hear but like you say you know these guys that put in a little more effort do you find that most of those guys are operating out of a single kennel or it's a collaborative amongst multiple kennels and collaborating like 
notes, you know, crossbreedings. What do you think? I, I've seen both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to have a pretty good team and a pretty good friends or business partners, however you view yourselves, in order to make that thing run flawless. Yeah. As as let me rephrase that as flawless as possible, right? As possible. I mean, no, we, I agree. And I, it's and I say that because it's like you try to do your best, and sometimes you have hiccups that were unforeseen. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you know as you know, as flawless as possible, but it's not as common. I don't think out here out out here versus it seems like in the Midwest and in the East, we see a lot of guys pairing up um, kind of business partners type thing and, and hearing about it and stuff like that, excuse me, which is, you know, for them, it works out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but I see a lot of, a lot of solo guys. um, And, and I get it. I get it. Um, There's a lot of shy. Yeah, I I get it, but. I mean, let's 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 be honest here and, and not not bullshit anybody. You know, there's a lot of shystiness out there on both sides of the court, mm. and you know, it it's uh it's just how it, it it's how it goes. And and I get it from that perspective of I want to be in control of everything. I will control, you know, who my pups go to or who my young dogs go to, versus, you know, some guy who's just knows how to sweet talk and and get something and then it'll quickly turn around and badmouth you for x y and z you know mm-hmm. um i think it's hard sometimes you know like from the other side it's hard to find people to work with <clears throat> like i think especially when you're working with dogs it's no different than horses or other stock like for some reason, you get the human elements with the variable of livestock or dogs. Things get amplified. But if you can find somebody that you can work with, like it is hard to run a breeding program with one person. If you are not fully committed, that's all the, all that you do, you know, because you're having to test multiple generations. It, it depends on how deep you go, right? Like how many generations are you keeping how what's your breeding program are you looking at the next cross or are you breeding for two down the road like what's your spectrum it's a lot for one guy you know to hunt and feed and and do all of the back work but i don't know that's just my opinion i think if you could find somebody and like you said it's a great idea but if you can have it go as good as humanly possible it's nice to have a couple of people on that same page which I I applaud those guys out east. Like there's a bunch of guys partnering up on dogs, and it works out good for both. But we're we're different out here. We and we are, and that's and that's okay. I think I think uh, you know what Cody said too is was pretty valid. Um, before I move on to that, I'll finish on what you were saying. Um, you know what what I find is you have to find somebody who is very very like minded and as driven as you, but also has or brings, excuse me, brings different perspectives to the table that uh, you did not think of. You know right. what I mean? It, it's fresh um, eyes. 
fresh eyes, uh, a fresh mind, um, just something along those lines because um, it takes it a large amount of dedication uh, mm-hmm. and blood, sweat, and tears. And, and I understand a lot of folks being upset about things going sour. Um, I get why some folks are just, they, they say the saying, you can't hunt papers. I get it. Uh, but on to what Cody had said was, you know, I think that we both, we both can, can work together and find something, you know, mm-hmm. as far as making a cross or something like that. Um, I think that, I think that some folks would be open to it. But I know that some folks wouldn't because that's just not their program. You know, they don't, right. they're not really inter- interested in that. Um, and, and that's okay. That's fine. But yeah, I don't, you know, man, it's, uh, it's definitely since this thing's come down the, that other Cody's podcast and some things have popped up. It's definitely some, uh, definitely mind provoking thought provoking is, is what I'm saying. Um, it must because have provoked I, some thought because you weren't the first one that blew me up about that podcast. <laughs> like it's been, I know it's kind of controversial, but I mean, really, this is exactly why we like that. Like you and I have talked about this topic a hundred times, probably before even that podcast I did with Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and some guys, you know, I'd, some guys will swear up and down and and say that the only way you know 100% that you're getting something uh, worthwhile and worth your money and weight and gold is those papers, and uh, that's it's not entirely true. And then uh, conversely, you you may not be getting something at the other end of of, of that either if it doesn't have papers, mm-hmm. and. And that's, and I think, I think some folks are, are potentially missing that. I think, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the opportunity that a, a commercial registry brings is nice. You know, like I, they're doing a, a UKC hunt up at the club where I really got started with competition stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't have a dog that I can hunt. Uh-huh. Like, which is to me, it's unfortunate. I'd love to take my kids up and, and go hunting and, and you know, hunt one of their dogs, but I can't because of decisions I've made along the line. Uh-huh. Um, so it is a catch 22. I mean, by me not having that, I am missing out on something I would like to go do with my kids because it is a totally different experience. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm sorry, man. I keep sidetracking you. No, you're good. It's okay. It's uh, it's just part of the part of the discussion, I think, because the, this topic is so, it's so tense and it's just so broad. It's hard to cover. It's hard to cover everything, and really, no person is right or wrong in in the process. Right. I I think that um, well, I know from personal experience that if if somebody let's let's just play the buyer situation, okay. You go to a breeder that has papers. They're paper. They're paper dogs. Are you? My my question to you is: Are you asking the right questions? You know, because there was uh, one time uh, I called a breeder and I was gonna. I really liked his his ads in Kunan Bloodlines. This was when I was younger, and I wanted a pup out of one of his studs. He was he was advertising. 
And so I called him up and I was talking to him and I was asking questions and he was asking me questions. And uh, it caught me off guard at first because I have I had never talked to somebody who really cared about their stock. And he was asking me questions like the, the style I hunt, what I'm looking for in a dog, um, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And to be honest with you, I didn't I didn't really know how to answer him. Granted, I was still young and new and learning and sure. figuring things out. And I just I told him you know, what I was looking for. And he goes, young man, I truly believe that my dogs are not for you. And I appreciate the phone call, but I just want to let you know, I don't think my dogs are for you. Um, and at first being young, I, I took it slightly personal and yeah. I was like, well, how, how, you know, I thought, oh, what, what's he saying? Like, I, I want to buy one of these, but then thinking about it. And obviously as time goes on in life and you go through life and, and experience you got the experience now. Yeah. I, I man, I totally respect that hundred percent. Like, yeah. and on the, on the breeder side, it's like, I'm not going to let my stock go to somebody who this, this certain style or mind or whatever doesn't fit. That's just a recipe for disaster. Sure. Um, and so I think a lot of the, that thought needs to be put in on both sides, the buyer and the seller. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's why you hear a lot of guys say, I'll go hunt with somebody, which is good. Uh, but we have to, we have to ask those questions and understand those terms. Uh, it took me a long time to understand some of those terms, you know, like what's like what? Like what's drifting? What's a track drifter? What's what's a what's a cold strike? What's what's a hot strike? What's just the simple terms and understanding what they are, and then pairing the essentially the the definitions, so to speak, with the act. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And understanding and be like, oh, okay, well, I see that, I see that, I see that, and then just a guy. Once you see it, a guy knows what they like. But also, yep. but also on the same breath, over time, your likes will change. Yeah, it morphs for sure. And it and it's it is what it is. And I think you a, a guy and a gal kind of fine tune specifically what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and so, really, I think I think both questions, good questions, from the buyer and the seller need to be need to be talked out. Um, you know, like I was telling you the other day, uh, we all know that prices in, in the economy is still kind of up. Um, dog food is not cheap anymore unless, I mean, good, good for you guys rolling the old Roy. You get to, you get to high five. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's going to pay off finally. <laughs> old Roy's not even cheap anymore, but, uh, no. uh, so what I'm getting at is I encourage a lot of guys and gals that are, that are either buyers or sellers to really think about this process because your money and time is important. It's very important. I mean, you know, we all have to have jobs in some way, shape or form in order to do what we have and to have what we have. 
And that's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the time to go out and hunt, the time to go enjoy the dogs and stuff like that. And I just, I want to, to, to encourage both parties to be, to be thought provoking on the process of what they're doing. Well, like you said, that guy telling you that his dogs weren't for you. Like, yeah, when we're young and, you know, I'd say novice in the sport, that might be an ego check and ego checks hurt. I mean, it's like a two by four sometimes, mm-hmm. but dude, that guy saved you probably two years of messing with a dog that was never going to be what you wanted. The dog would not get a fair shake. It would cause you frustration. And I'm telling you, I've been in this long enough now, and I've been on the verge of quitting more than once. I would say probably 70% or more. Like if you're going to quit hound hunting at some point in your life, it's in that first round. Like when it's tough and you're just trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And it's, you know, every time it's a disaster. There's a lot of room for self-doubt and, you know, just trying to get a pack of dogs built is hard enough. That guy did you a real favor. Yeah, he did. He did. And I, uh, I'm forever thankful for him doing that. I am. I truly am. Um, I I wish a lot more folks were like him. Mm -hmm. Um, I really do because, uh, that gentleman really gives a shit about his dogs. He really, he really did. And, and that, that's, uh, that's something to take away from. Um, there's value in them. Like guys like that, it shows the value and value doesn't come at no cost. Like that has been years and, you know, tough times and countless dollars. And like, that's why they feel that way about them. You know, they have a value and they, you don't give stuff away. That's valuable, man. They ain't handing out gold on every street corner. No, if that was the case, we'd all be rich and we wouldn't have to worry about, uh, all this expensive gear and dog food we got to feed, you know? <laughs> yeah, and every puppy would be a winner. I mean, and I hate yeah. to say it, we are a far stretch. The sooner people can remember that, you know, or if you're a new one starting off, not everyone's going to make the dog that you want. It doesn't no, mean I, it won't make a dog, just maybe not the one that you want. And that that's the other, that's the other part of it too, man. It's like um, you got to understand that – just because you get a rock that has a potential diamond in it doesn't mean when you polish that rock, there's a diamond in it or however you want mm-hmm. it, whatever phrase that you want to use, you, you ask the questions. Okay, let's, let's go down this road. We ask the questions. Everything sounds good. Okay, cool. We purchased said dog or said pup. Well, it's up to us in order to in order to be good trainers, uh, good, good houndsmen, raise them right in order to get that final product that was supposedly talked about. If that doesn't happen, why are you upset? Right. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you, did you give that pup or that young dog a fair chance or were you, were you a little too hard on it or were you, you know, X, Y, Z, the thing of it too, and and I'm glad you said that because, uh, be it papers or not, I I see that a lot. I see that a lot amongst hunters in general, um, and that's why you see the, the good 
the guys that know how to work with dogs that are actually tra- good trainers and handlers. Good, right. Man, they, they, they're, they can bring some good stuff out that some, some average Joe blow would have sat there and scratched your head. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That'd what be to me. Do. Well, like <laughs> I am not a dog trainer. I, I never will claim to be. I mean, I, I think we all become that to a degree and you know, it's kind of like people. There's so many types of people out there. Dogs are the same. Like when you've been Absolutely. in it long enough, you can remember, Oh yeah. Paisley used to do that exact same thing when this is what we did to get over it or this dog. Oh yeah. We did a couple of training exercises and it straightened them out. You know, you have more tools in your, your toolbox, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not either. I'm I'll, I'll be, I mean, I'm honest. I, I will not claim to be uh, the world's best trainer. Um, even if I did receive that award, I would still not claim it because <laughs> I, I wouldn't, because let's, let's be real. If you're not open to life's lessons, uh, yeah. life, life out of anybody will be the, the first one to humble you real quick. Yeah. And there's, there's always something new to learn every day. And that's, that's how I look at pretty much everything that I do is, um, there's something new to learn every day. Now I'll give you an example here. I've got a, I've got a dog here that, I I'm, I'm having a tricky time figuring out how to work with, with that dog. Um, it's a different dog than my other ones. And I'm, I just having a hard time figuring out how to, how to step into the dog's mind, you know? Right. Um, but now when I'm, you say different dog, like different breedings, different mindset, like, or, or how different? Different in that all my other dogs, I can talk to like I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like we have is and I know it sounds connection. awkward and weird. We have a connection and we can, we can work like I'll tell, yeah. I'll tell one of my other dogs, Hey, go up or go down or simple commands. And it just mm-hmm. clicks. Right. Right. This will, and, and then if things are rough, I'll just be like, you know, Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, keep working. I'll say something like that. Um, and away we go. This dog it's, I can't say it's just in one ear and out the other, but we're working. It's not, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not like we're quitting. It's not like we're doing anything like that. It's just, I might as well talk to the wall type of situation. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And so it's, it's just interesting. And I, and I like it because it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's something I haven't experienced. And so, um, I am enjoying the process. Is it a bit annoying at times? Sure. But, um, it's just part of it, and and I like it. I, I really do. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think that uh, I think we put some labels on some of the reg- the registered paper dogs, or actually just the papers. Let's just stay on the papers um, that are untrue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I really do, and I and it on the flip side of that too. Um, there's there's some misconceptions as well about um, dogs that aren't that are not papered. The way I see it is if if the breeder is 
spending a lot of time and being thoughtful in the crosses and putting putting some true thought and cares about their stock, I want to have conversations with said individual. Right. The the papers are no papers. It it is what it is. But you know, it, you know, on on the other on another sub side of that is if I wanted to start out, it'd be nice to have like a copy of that generation or whatever sure. that has been handwritten on, you know, let's just say a little asterisk on bear. Well, mm -hmm. that, and I asked that breeder, well, what was this? What was, why does bear have this asterisk? Oh, that's because bear had, he was super good at, at drifting tracks. And so I, I bred him for that. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you start putting a, the puzzle to to the or the pieces to the puzzle i'm sorry the pieces to the puzzle as to how he ended up at the product that you're getting right so well and when you see that consistently like when you can go back and look at dogs like you know spring creek rock lipper you, you know like i'm not name dropping anybody in particular but those are just recognizable names you know you can see traits that have carried on characteristics mm -hmm. that have carried on but only in groups where guys have stayed really diligent and worked really hard because those traits are lost so fast you know three to four generations and you can lose a ton when it comes to what you're looking for in traits hunt style things like that but in the end you know what you put a match to it a dog is still a dog it doesn't like I think we get really hung up, and I know that papers and no papers ruffles feathers. But in the end, what I think you're getting at, and correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of how I feel is like papers are papers, but a dog is a dog. Don't discredit it because it doesn't have it, or don't credit it or discredit it because it does. Like you should be asking these questions and you should be looking for these traits, like you're saying, talking to people. Regardless, it doesn't matter what that dog's coming with a set of papers or not. This isn't, I mean, this is across the board when it comes to hunting and enjoying your own personal dogs, you should be really thinking about what you're asking a breeder. Yep. That's, that's absolutely correct. And, and I, I hope I'm trying to, I'm hope I'm relaying that across and, and giving some thought as well to maybe someone who hasn't uh, thought of that and uh, really just talking about it, stepping up to the plate and, and talking about it because uh, I think getting wrapped up around papers causes too many fights in this, in this aspect, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it's truth. It's truth because, you know, times are changing. We have, you know what's going on with Colorado right now and what they're trying to do, and uh, oh yeah, all but, over right now. But then we'll be we'll be quick to turn around and start talking and arguing about papers and no papers. You know, mm. it's, you know, like the way I see it, you like papers, sweet, right on. You don't like papers, sweet, right on, <laughs> right on. <laughs> like, cool. Um, you know, it's just. Uh, there's a reason why we have so many makes of vehicles in the United States. And there's, right. you, you see so many different kinds. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of along the same lines, but 
Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm glad that I've, I've, I'm glad that I have learned and, and read some books and talked to some, some good people about this and, and have grown from where I was in the beginning. Uh, yeah. because I, I'll be honest, I was close minded. I was close minded as, as hell. I think and I we thought, all are, you know, it is I think, yeah, it all of us go through that. Yeah. Some stay there and some move past, but yeah, I think yeah, I know I was, I'm going to take the world by the, by the horns and we're going to just be world beaters and I know what's best. And then you realize real quick, like, dude, you're an idiot. And you, you know, then you start real growth as a houndsman, you know, as a person, like your personal growth versus your growth as a houndsman. I feel like there's a real direct correlation there. Uh, at least in being to open your eyes and even saying, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what to do here or, you know, just being completely honest about dogs because just because I love Fluffy and he's a great dog doesn't mean that he's really doing what he needs to do. I'm making an exception because there's a trade-off. I like the fact he doesn't walk in his own poop, you know? So I'm going to look past a little something here that might not, you know, be desirable. But it, it's really, to me, everybody's got their own taste. But like you said, it. it my buddy explained it like I was steelhead fishing. He says, when you feel the first bite, you know that it's a fish, but you got to catch one to know what it feels like. And I'm like, dude, this makes zero sense. But like you said, when you see what you want, it is like, boom, instant eye opening. Like that is what I want in a dog. And it's a pretty cool experience if you get that opportunity and it makes life a lot easier and you get a lot more honest, a lot quicker. I would, I agree with that. And that, um, that's, uh, that's interesting. You shared that, um, probably like I've said before on the, on the previous podcast, you know, I've had dogs, hounds a long time. Um, it feels like it's, it feels like it was yesterday. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I finally ended up on the stock that I have now, it was just like that. Just like, oh, what the heck? Finally, where the hell have I been? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, geez. Now we can focus. Yeah, we can have some fun now. You know, not that I wasn't before, but it just when you like you said, it's not it's the all- grind. It's different oh. once you make that crossover. I think it goes from just a grind to actually really enjoying things and taking things to the next level. Oh, absolutely. Like the, today, I went out today and uh, I took two two males out today. And, um, you know, of course, it was a slow day. didn't see anything, but I dumped them out in the canyon and I just I just dropped the tailgate and just sat and listened. Just let them run you around. you cast. I do. Right? I do, yeah, I do free casting. Um, I drive around too. And um, when... The snow, like now it's, I think I'd be okay, but when the snow's not on or it's not too deep, I'll, I'll go ride too. Mm-hmm. But, um, any opportunity I can to see it, uh, and really what I did, my purpose for this morning, this, it gets me a little giggly. I just, my one male, he's got a pretty nice voice. And so I just was hoping that he'd find something in the canyon this morning and I just wanted to hear him. 
Yeah. Uh, that, that's it. I just wanted to hear them and just sit on, sit there and enjoy. It was a nice morning before the wind, the wind stood up, but that's, that's, that's just going along with what we're saying. You know, if you, if you do pay attention to what's going on and, and you care about what, what you want or whatnot, then, you know, you too can sit on that tailgate or just stand there and, and enjoy the morning or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's not as much of a struggle, but yeah, some of us like myself have to do things the hard way in order to, <laughs> to get to the end product, you know? Yeah. I think that's pretty much out of the houndsman book. <laughs> I think we're all kind of there. It, it'd be like rule number one in the housing book. Do it the hard way. Yeah, do it the hard way. End of story. <laughs> Don't take advice in your first two, three years. And yeah, you wish you did. We could go through and make a whole parody of that. <laughs> so, uh, somebody ought to just as like a comedic relief for houndsmen. Right. <laughs> just some funny things that houndsmen do that would just sit there and be like, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah. How not to get invited back. Didn't he do one like that? I think he did a while ago. <laughs> or, no. Or. or or with the wife and girlfriend, wait till the day of your of your plan, and then take the dogs out at the last minute. Yep. Standard answer. Here's mine. When are you going to be home? Whenever we have all the dogs. That was standard for a lot of years. Oh, That's well, funny. man, I'm going to put you on the spot then. Like, just and I don't expect you to come up with anything super deep on this, but. Like, if somebody's going to look for a puppy, I mean, I'm sure you and I both have the things that we are looking for in dogs. What are some of the questions, and we can ping pong even, like, what should people be asking, in your opinion? See, I put you on the spot. No, no, I, I, I kind of anticipated something like this, but I want to be, I want to make sure I, th I get it, I get it right, um, and not say something that's, you know, off the wall. It doesn't make sense. Um, I normally start out with, can you tell me about your dogs? How long have you had, how long have you had hounds? Can you explain that to me? The um, backstory. Yeah. I want to hear the backstory. The, and the reason I want to hear the backstory is, uh, I'm very interested in, in hearing how that individual got into hounds. And then how we ended up here. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll ask, so why did you choose the line that you did? Um, that, and I'll say this before I move on. I don't believe a guy when it says, so well, I don't, I don't. And this is kind of where I think things get mixed up where they say, I don't hunt papers because they don't want to talk about the names. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we'll just, for the sake of the conversation, we'll say, I'll say like, so how did you end up on, on Pocahontas dogs, which is, you know, a plot line. Oh, yeah. well, well, Pretty because, well known one. <laughs> because, uh, because of their grit and X, Y, and Z for, for you, for you folks that run Pocahontas blood, I, I know of the line. I don't know all of it. And I don't, I don't hunt, hunt plots. I like them. They're, they're pretty cool, but that's, I just, we're just, I just using an example, <laughs> just using an example. Um, so, and then, uh, then I'll ask, so how do you do your braiding? Can you tell me about that? 
Um, is and they'll go on and be like, well, I I think about um, how I'm going to breed in the in the aspect of. Um, I usually keep my dogs pretty tight. You know, the line bred. I like line bred dogs. Um, this is as if I'm the breeder talking to to me. Right. Um, and I like their grit, so I want to keep that grit. They got good feet. They've got good noses. Um, the way they, the way that they're built, it's it's what I like. Well, how 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 big are they? Well, and this again, and it just I'm, rolls, and, and it goes on from there. You know, and they're like, okay, cool. So how how do you? What's the style? How how do you hunt? And they'll say, well, you know, I normally just drive around in a truck, and I'll turn out on a track and. And then we go from there. Okay. Okay. Um, so why, you know, why are you, how many, or here's a good one too. Like how often do you breed? Mm-hmm. This is, this is a good one because, um, most serious breeders don't breed that often. And, right. and they, and they breed for themselves first and foremost, which I think is important to listen to. Um, in my mind, that speaks to me more than the folks that are constantly turning pups out. And right. the reason the reason for that is because if you're breeding for yourself, you are thinking a lot more about your cross than most average folks. Yep. Uh, you you're you're just that's just my experience. If you want to hunt it, right? It's a different value. I think we put a value on that. If a guy's breeding and he says. Hey, I might have some pups left over, but I only breed when I need stock. Like mm-hmm. that's going to be a guy that I I really would pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Instead of, well, I've got 3 litters booked for you know, the next 6 months and we can take a deposit and you know, again, not knocking anybody whatever, you've run your own ship. I'm just saying that's a pretty massive scale, you know, to be doing that and if you're not fully dedicated you know i would just Mm -hmm. ask those questions not saying don't you know do business or whatever it's just more important to ask these questions at the end of the day it's your money but at the end of the day it's your money right Mm -hmm. you know so it's like you know you can i can sit here and tell you some questions that i ask but at the end of the day you're a grown ass man or a grown ass woman. You can make your own decisions on your own. Um, yeah. I just do it encourage that you make the, the best decision f- for you and your situation. Um, and, and usually that's about the extent that I ask. I usually kind of spur off of that. You know, well, they, what I like about those, I, I mean, and what stands out to me, those are all very open ended questions. It's like a job interview, man. Like yeah. if I ask you a specific question, well, you do your dogs have a cold nose? If you can answer that question with a yes and no, that's a little different. I weigh that differently than if I were to say, hey, tell me about your dog's nose. If I ask you where your dog's cold nose, you know I'm looking for a cold nose. Do your own due diligence. Tell me. It's like a kid in their painting, man. Tell me about your painting. Don't ask them what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. you. All of your questions were open ended without trying to influence it in any way. And I think that that is extremely smart when you're talking to somebody that you don't have rapport with, you don't have uh-huh. a, a relationship with. 
when it's your hunting buddy it's a way different story you know brandon tells me about a cross or a dog or something like i don't have to question motives behind it or or if we're trying to move puppies for somebody or whatever like it's because he thinks it's a good dog Mm -hmm. where you asking questions like that i if you're if you're thinking about buying a puppy i encourage everybody right now back that up re-listen to some of those questions because as somebody who was breeding and buying puppies, I'll tell you, those are some great, great questions to ask before getting into it. Yeah. And, and I've, I've kind of arrived at those questions by experience and by, uh, reading some material. Um, and it, look, my experience, why I arrived at those, I got tired of getting burned. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I got so tired and so upset of getting burned. I'm like, I can't, I can't, this can't go on. This can't go on. I had, I need to be smarter about this because I'm spending money that essentially I don't have. And, Mm -hmm. and, and here I am stuck with this dog or dogs. And now what, you know, Mm -hmm. now, now somebody got their money. They you're obligated to give Mm -hmm. them an honest shot and take your time and, and, and there's, you know, some dogs get along better with, with other people. And I think that needs to be thought about, um, you know, another, another, what I try to do as well is I try and hunt with the breeder if allowed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not. And if it's not, I will ask more questions on that, you know, like, so why, you know, I would like to come out and see the parents, maybe the grandparents, depending on, on how their program is set up, if the grandparents are still around. You know, I would like to see how you hunt. I would like to see the parents hunt. Um, and usually they'll be like, yeah, man, come on. You know, it, my, right. door's, my door's always open. You can come on in. And, and obviously you want to be respectful in that, in that situation because, yeah, they're, they're, they're being courteous and they're opening their, their door to you. But this is still a, a business, potential business transaction that, that's going on. Sure. Um, and so paying attention to, and this is where you can ask like specific questions face-to-face. Um, and like, so you, you say that, uh, you say that Buzz, the, the dad of those pups is cold nose. Um, what, can you, can you explain what cold nose is? Because Let's be honest. We have all heard yeah. that, pod, that, that podcast <laughs> and that conversation of my dog's cold nose. What right. is cold? What does cold nose mean to you? You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's not a, it is or not. Everybody has their own definition of it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's the same as going to, I'll go, you know, go to, go to my home state and they'd be like, Oh man, it's windy today. It's five to 10 miles an hour. Windy. Right. Windy, it's all relevant. Windy, yeah. Re, windy here is like what what it is right now it's at least 50 55 right now mm-hmm. so <clears throat> ask those questions there's nothing wrong with that but you have to learn to ask them it respectively and, if you can t- ask respectfully nobody that's taking this serious is going to be offended by your questions i don't think no as long as you're being respectful these questions are not questions to sp- specifically ask the western hunters the, the folks that in the Midwest and the East, you can take these questions and ask them too. It, they're, they're not specific questions tied to a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so you know like i said i just kind of spin off of that um if they don't allow you to hunt then again i would tactfully ask can you can you explain to me why i can't come out uh well it's because of x y and z most of the time they're going to be honest with you if they say they don't want you out most of the time but let's be honest if you're listening intently you'll know if it's bs right if they don't want you to see it you should not do business that's just it's just simple you know it's like oh i'm selling you a product well can i see the product no but i'm still selling it okay right no i'm good thanks have a good day um also but, be respectful and don't waste their time <laughs> like and, and tire kicking one of the bet yeah one of the best tips of advice that i had that i was given was when you do conclude that conversation you, you do say hey listen i appreciate your time uh that you gave right. to me to, to to speak with me about your dogs i i do appreciate it and then you guys can say whatever you want to say but yeah you have to you have to think about that but you know, don't waste their time along with don't waste your time. If it's something that you think that's not going to work for you, don't waste your time. Don't waste their time. Yep. It's And <clears throat> don't waste the dog's time. Yeah. Um, you know, on the buyers, on the, on the seller side of it, this, this is where I think that the, uh, the power, so to speak, belongs to the breeder. Because mm-hmm. you you dictate where your stock goes. Why yeah. why should I why should I let a pup go to you? Can you tell me why? So it's a it's a two way street, and mm-hmm. as long as as long as that dialect happens, then we're then we're fine. So yeah, we started out this podcast talking about papers, but now we're talking about questions of the buyer and seller, but in in reality, they really go together. Mm-hmm. They they do because if a guy if a guy wants or guy or gal wants to get a paper dog, you need to be asking the breeder these questions. And the breeder needs to be asking the buyer these questions too. And and not papered, it's the same deal. Same mm-hmm. deal. There's there's no different. Knowledge is power. I mean, really. And when it comes to dogs, I mean, anyone can tell a good dog story, but if you can open up that dialogue with somebody that, you know, narrow it down, like I will say this, like you're saying, give these guys a call. And and most of them are very receptive. You know, most hound guys will talk to you, but do your, do your homework and narrowing down your first couple rounds of cuts first, you know, focus on the one or I'd say two to three people that you're really considering buying a pup from. And then reach out, you know, you don't, don't use their time as a general gathering of information, scope them out on their socials, do the research, you know, um, you know, look at, I mean, in the papered world, look at the win histories and, and things like that before you even get on the phone with them, you know, don't waste their time with questions that you can already access a vague answer to, I would say is another one for me. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. I think no, you can get I down think, to the meat and potatoes then a lot faster and make your cuts and not waste a bunch of time. I I think um, I think to build on what you're saying, which is good. It's it is good. 
because that that's the thing that we have nowadays is we have social media at, at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. Any you could do that with Western breeders too. I just There's did a, it the other day, mm-hmm. like literally, uh, probably two months ago. I was talking with Birchell Davis, Young's at Frogger Dog, and I, I, what I see of him, I really like him. I didn't get too far in the weeds with him, other than are you only doing live breedings or do you ship semen? And he says, right now we're only doing, you know, X, Y, Z. And his answer just kind of ruled me out for now. I'm not going to waste his time. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a little bit and I'm going to do a little more research and then we're going to revisit this later down the road. But you know, like you can, you can really weed a lot of that out early on in your conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely can. Um, there, you know, as we all know, if you, if you do this type of research, you know right away what comments to weed out because they're they're just somebody got their feelings hurt, you know? And it's just this isn't a valuable comment. This just doesn't help anybody. But there's other comments on there or whatever. I kind of treat them as reviews mm-hmm. um, that are that are good. And you go through that. So that then when you go into it, you can ask this, them certain questions. Um <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, yeah. Questions, question everything. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with questioning everything and understanding why, why, how, what, how did we, how did we get here? How, why is this happening? Or why does this dog do this? Or why do you do this? Like, there's nothing wrong with understanding that. If we can, if we can get to the understanding part, I think a lot of folks would be a lot more happier. Yeah. No, I agree with you, man. Well, that kind of went, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what I had expected when we got on here today. Like in some ways, because we've talked so much over, you know, the last couple of years about this kind of stuff. But I think you, you hit it right on the head, man. Like do your research and ask these questions regardless. Because the end product is you got to live and breathe and thing standing there in front of you. No matter what's tied to it or what's not tied to it. It's still you and that dog. And that's, that's the important part. So you might as well do your research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is, I mean, yeah, we've, we've talked about it a lot and I'm sure we missed a couple of things that I, I wanted to talk about, but when you, when you're talking about something on a general term, that is pretty contentious, it's, it's hard to, uh, to really stay out of, out of the little rabbit trails that folks get down in, you know, I know. I know. Was there anything that stood out specifically I might have sped over you wanted to touch on? Um, nothing off the top of my head right now. We'll um, think about it tonight and you'll message me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it usually goes. It's like, dang it, I wish I would have said this. Or why didn't we like take that softball and crush it? But no, no I, think, I appreciate it. I think I think we got covered what, what we had talked about. I mean, like I said, it's it it's hard to stay out of it and get down and and you know not super offend people but at the same time by me talking about it by Jason and I talking about it today I if you're upset then maybe I got you thinking ruffled some feathers for a reason yeah and and if if you truly do believe that your process is what it is and and you're up you're upset by some things that were said today. Okay. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, 
It's just it's just something to talk about. It's it just mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like we don't have a lot of good, clean, thoughtful, different perspectives to think about some of these topics on. Mm-hmm. It's like a my way or the highway type of conversation. I'm like, no, man, there's there's a lot of different perspectives to think about all this stuff from. Hundred ways to skin a cat. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. And, and there's constant variables, you know, and I, I don't usually do this. I will just throw this out there though, because we've referenced it so many times during this podcast. The one that we're referring to, it was episode 340 and it's titled do papers need grades. And it was one that I had recorded with Cody Hilliard, who's a good buddy of mine. And it, it was about, um, he actually wrote an article for full cry that, with the same title. It's going to be coming out here in a future issue. But it was just a good topic. And that's what we keep referring to. If you keep hearing us talk about the podcast with Cody and you guys did miss it for some reason, you can go back and check it out. It was episode 340 on the Hound podcast. That's my only other plug. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. And we never did introduce you in this thing, Stefan. But thanks for coming on again. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Yeah. No, and we're working on a follow-up. I know I talked to Rache about, you know, her daughter did that presentation on scent and how it affects, um, Mm. like, the hunting dogs and scents, and she went to the state fair with it. So we're still trying to figure that out. So, Rache, if you're listening, I know it's probably dropped the ball a couple times here. Like, me and Buddy have been talking about it, too. We need to get her back on because I think she was wanting to do, like, the whole presentation. You know, like have it physically there and we could just record it and go through. It's really cool. I'm super, super proud of her. She's a really cool little lady. Yeah, I, I'm i really, really blown away how far she took that. And uh, I'm glad she did. Um, She's got great parents, man. I will say this. Like, well, good. They have encouraged her and, and she has like the story of that girl and just like working to get her own dog. And like they're making her do this you know, yes, there's some guidance there, but that girl knows the value, you know, and it's really cool to see. And she took a lot of pride in that project and did really well. I mean, like it was really cool. So good. I know you and I talked about that too, but I did bring it up. We touched base a couple months ago, but we're going to have to circle back on that one too. Yeah. That'd be cool to, I'd I'd be very curious uh, to see how she did it and her thought process through it. Cause you don't, let me, I'm going to kill a couple of seconds here. Okay. Cause I want to look up and see, I believe that one was the scent storm was brewing. Oh, let's see. That one we did with you about scents and how everything's affected. Yeah. Um, I talked about weather in that one. Yep. The weather. So that one and which sparked her kind of project here, that one was episode one Oh four. That one's been a while back. It was like two years ago. Um, but yeah, it's kind of coming full circle. She did that, and I know we wanted to revisit it. So hopefully we'll have her on again soon. That sounds there's good. Your dogs. Sounds yeah, like I'm you're sure. ready to go take care of dogs again. Yeah, I was hearing a bunch of noise. I'm like, what's going on out there? Well, hopefully it's not as eventful as last time, and we'll catch you later, man. I don't think so. I think we're good. (laughs) Right on. Well, thanks for coming back on, man. That was a great conversation. 
Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 